Loaded Gloves. I'm Zach Martin along with Tommy over here. And I was figuring, Tommy, that we would go over some of the anticipated fights of 2019. There's five of them that people are talking about the most. And I'll just go down the list and you can give us your insight about what you think is a possibility, what's going to happen, and the no way option. Sure. Number one on the list, Anthony Joshua against Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. And you have Alexander Usyk. So you have four listed, and nobody really knows what combination is going to take place in 2019. I think that you probably would have the best idea of what to expect out of those four. Well, the Fury-Wilder rematch is probably going to happen first. The Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder rematch, because that's where the money is. Uh, the winner should fight Anthony Joshua, which I would say would be the, probably the biggest selling fight. If they, can, if they can have that fight in England, that would be the biggest selling fight of all time in England. It should be. But Joshua has a tendency to say he's going to fight and then find somebody, another bum, another tomato can to fight. So I'm a little leery on that fight and Usyk is down the road he's just he just went from cruiserweight to heavyweight so I don't think he wants to although he's Ukrainian and they're crazy but I think he might want to wait a year hmm. well I, I think that you, you bring up two great points this idea of really being afraid to box competitive individuals before you get to a championship level fight seems like that's more commonplace these days than it used to be yeah well it's, be, it's because I, due to social media, I think boxers are now more influenced by what they hear from fans and what they hear, you know, from random boxing casual people who they normally would have never had contact with. Like back in the day, you know, Mike Tyson would only hear from his people would tell him, Mike, you're going to take this fight next because that's where the money is. Right. And he'd take it. Now, like, you know, you hear boxers talk about it all the time in their press conferences. They're always like, well... I want to do what the fans want me to do, and all my fans on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram tell me that I should be fighting him, and I want to fight him, and that we should do this, and then there's a lot of calling out now through social media, so a guy who may not be ready for one of these big fights may get it, because he may anger the main guy so much that he may give him a fight. It's just like it's the that. influence of social media now has definitely affected who you're going to fight. Being able to call somebody out like that is kind of, it adds some fun to the whole thing, right? Is see if you can get the guy's goat and then agree to the fight. And even even you can even say, well, I'll, I'll fight you for the title. You could just be an up and comer yeah. out of nowhere, and that person who is the who's holding the title might go, yeah. What what are my chances of losing to this one? At least it gets me back in the ring, makes me look good. It's a tune up for the next thing down the road. All right, number two, Vasily Lomachenko versus Mikey Garcia. It well, it should happen, and everybody wants that one to happen. But Mikey's got this fight first against Errol Spence in Texas, and Mikey might not box again after that fight, because I feel like he stepped out, he stepped up in weight too much, and is fighting I think the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in boxing right now. Because Mikey was fighting at 135, 130, yep. and had no and had no problem hurting people. Mikey then started moving up to 140, 144, like a catch weight, 147, and he hasn't knocked anybody out at those weights, so he has no power. He's fighting a guy now that lives at that weight, who actually wants to go to 154. So he's bigger, he's faster, and he's probably the hardest puncher in that weight class. So I don't know if Mikey can make it past Spence to get to the Lomachenko fight. Because first of all, 
the up and down in weight's going to start taking a toll. He's got to go down significantly again to fight Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. And I thought that um, isn't Bob Aram? Uh, Aram, yes, Aram. Yeah, he's he's with Lomachenko now. He used to represent Micah Garcia. So is there yeah. something going on with yeah, that? It's nah. Aram will make the fight. Aram's about good fights. I like him. He's the last classy promoter in boxing. I mean, Oscar De La Hoya is not. You know, yeah, he's not a, a good promoter. He just cherry picks, so he makes money. Speaking of Errol Spence, uh, let's talk about this. The number third on the wish list is Keith Thurman versus Errol Spence. That's the fight that everybody wants to see. That would be in Brooklyn probably, too. That would be a good New York fight. But Thurman did this thing where he, you know, won a belt. Nobody liked him to begin with because of his attitude. He won a belt and then mysteriously then got a fake injury and then had to recover and then got married and then went, you know, to Tibet, like in the mountains and just... Hasn't been interested. He's like holding this title hostage. He had some sort of elbow injury. Yeah, like two years or something fugazi, like that. Fugazi, yeah. man. Fugazi. I, I broke my ankle. Was on the road again in a month. You know, this guy. It's two years, and then he's coming back. You know, next month. Well, this month actually fighting uh, nobody. So he, it's he's holding the belt hostage. Everybody in that weight class. Everybody in this ninety nine percent of the people that follow that weight class want him to lose. They want him done. There's like this certain class of fighters that all fight under that premier boxing champions banner, the PBC banner. These guys, uh, Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, and Keith Thurman are the three. They're all in the same weight class, and all they ever do is fight each other. They just, they don't ever go. The two top fighters in that weight class is Terrence Crawford and and uh, Errol Spence, but because they're not really, no one wants them. So, but, so everyone kind of wants Thurman to lose just to finally say, you're done now. We don't have to worry about you, like, holding a belt hostage. And isn't there, uh, Lopez is a factor. They have the WBA championship that's going to be on January 26th. Yeah, but Lopez is a, he's washed up. Mm. That's, that was given to him as his cherry-picked comeback fight, just so he can make some money. His fans, he has a loyal fan base, but they're blindly loyal. They, you know, he used to, his nickname's One Time, Keith One Time Thurman. <laughs> And yeah. he hasn't knocked anybody out in so long, so it's, they should change his name to it's been a long time, like instead of one time. So it's terrible. All right, let's go to number four on the list for 2019. Canelo Alvarez against Gennady Golovkin. Golovkin, yes. Golovkin. That's, uh, that's going to happen. That's going to be the third fight. That's a trilogy. That's the trilogy fight. Because the first fight, you know, was a draw, and it shouldn't have been. You know, Triple G, they call him Triple G. That's Triple G, Gennady Golovkin. Yep, Should have right. won. He should have won. So they had a second fight, and the same thing happened again, but this time the corrupt, one super, super corrupt judge pushed the fight into the favor of Canelo, so he won. And they got to do it again, because I think even Oscar knows he needs a definitive victory to really define Canelo's legacy and make him that fighter that is worth that $365 million contract that he got from DeZone. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, so, you know, they need that fight. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you say that this kind of a, a pairing would be like a Marvin Hagler, Thomas Hearns yes, type of thing? Yes, definitely. But those fights were not really influenced by judging as much as these have been. And they really let their hands go a yeah, lot more. We, we talked about that in the past, how the, the uh, actual scoring goes. Yep. And I don't know. I just don't like it. I mean, we have to... Is there ever going to be a point where we have some sort of standard when it comes to the judging that's going to work better. They need a. Four, I mean, can they, they need, do it? Can they do it electronically? Maybe they need to do what they do in some in some amateur boxing and what they do. The World Boxing Super Series has it right because when you have a series where you have to eventually get over a certain time, like in two years, get to a, an inevitable winner, 
you have you can't have draws. You can't have people have to fight again and have ties. So they have a fourth judge, and that judge, if it's a tie, he makes the final deciding decision every fight. They need to do that full time. No more draws. Who wants to see two guys pummel themselves and then you don't get anything out of well, it? Well, especially when you uh, pay eighty bucks to see the pay per view, unless you get the. Uh Dan's yeah. an app, and it's uh, much more affordable. But, yeah, you're right. A lot of people spend a lot of money for the pay-per-view. They expect a nice fight, maybe a nice 10-rounder where there's definitely a winner at the end. Yeah, because especially since they're not stacking undercards like they used to anymore, you're not getting three title yeah. fights on your pay-per-view. You're getting five horrible fights. And then the main event. Yeah, and then a couple of prospects thrown against guys that they're expected to beat. And then the undercard the for the immediate fight before the title fight. So kind of like a big name against a used-to-be big name. They're not stacking it up or anything worth watching. And then people sit there and call me all the time and be like, oh, I can't believe they don't go to the seats. The fans don't go to the seats till the main event. I go, I wouldn't well, why, go to the why, seats till the main you, event if yeah. there's nothing there for me to see. At least put on a, a, a classic rock act before the thing or yeah, find do some, something. some musical act, The Barclays right? tried one night to put Big Sean on, a rapper, and, uh, in between you know, fights. Right, and well. That that was disgusting. No, well, so. the thing about that is, you, you think horrible. about you think about the general, um, I guess, demographic that goes to the fight, and then you have to play for them. Yes. So if that means that they're in their thirties and forties that are going to see that, find an act that you can put in the ring that gives them the entertainment value, or even how about this? Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to take WWE wrestling and pair it up with a great boxing match? To where you have all of the great uh, theatrics of WWE, and then you have the main event, the heavyweight champion of the world in boxing. How cool would that be? I think it would be awesome, but I don't. I think there'd be too much. There would be a lot of jokes about boxing being fake and like wrestling. Then I think. Oh, I don't I think, think so. the media would kind of find a way to. Yeah, well, yeah, they take might take their shots at whatever happens. Yeah. Something crazy happens in that big title boxing match. You'll hear jokes about like, oh, they should have brought this wrestler. Well, was, that to help the yeah. was that yeah. on the script? Was that on the script for this one? Exactly. So I, I've gone. Up By the to, way, rest uh, in peace to Mean Gene Oakland. I loved yeah. him. Yeah, my wife did too. Yeah, I loved big him. fan. Mean Gene he fan. Loved him. Met him a couple of years ago. He was not looking good. So, well, he's in his seventies. Yeah, no, I know, but he was I'm, also looking. By the way, one time I'm going to go back maybe thirty plus years ago. I was the ring announcer for a WWE match, really? except it was a W, whatever the what, WWF. WWF is originally WWF, right. yes. So it was Terre Haute. I got a tux for the night. I go backstage where all the wrestlers are. There's the honky tonk man. I mean, all of the main guys from back. That's in the when day, I watched it, right? So this is around eighty six, eighty seven, and every single one of those guys in the locker room could barely move. You yeah. could actually hear bones popping and crunching as they got up to get yeah. ready to wrestle. But when they got into the ring, it, they you know you couldn't tell the difference. There was no pain. They got in there and did whatever they had to do. Yeah. Well, Sergeant that's, Slaughter that's the was problem. there. Iron Sheik was there. The Honky Tonk Man, uh, Hacksaw Jim Reynolds was that yeah. his name? Yeah, um, uh, Jake the Snake. All of those guys. Yeah, they get, they age fast. In yeah, that sport. They, they really do. They now, take a beating, and that's so. what I was saying. Like. You know, uh, that's the interesting thing. So when you, you met me and Gene uh, and you say you didn't look good, you should see some of the wrestlers. I met Hulk Hogan. He didn't look good. No, Hulk he, Hogan doesn't look like he can wrestle He actually all. hasn't looked good for about 10 years. I'm surprised he still occasionally runs back My in the brothers. ring. Yeah, he's, yeah, the kids like him. They always liked him. 
I went to WrestleMania one. I went to oh, the first one with Cindy Lauper was there, and right? And Lou, and Lou Bano yeah. with the rubber band yep. in his beard. I uh, went to that. You know, that Jimmy Hart, right? I didn't. I didn't even like. It was. I didn't think it was anything big at the time. Now I wish I would have been like more you, you, cognitive. You wish you would have like, taken it all in at the time. Taken more than yeah. one picture. I took one picture, and it was, it was of right. Cindy Lauper. And and dude, I I don't know if you're. And now I actually know Cindy Lauper, so I don't even need that picture. Oh, yeah, so this is it's great. Like, are you going to be in Kinky Boots? No. As they wrap it up on I Broadway, I'd love to finish that show. Yes, yeah. Tiki Barber's going to be in Kinky Boots. Is he? Yes, he is. From February is until he really? March. Yes, he is. <laughs> oh God, and he's wearing red Kinky Boots. I I don't know what any of that means. I I've haven't never seen, seen Kinky it. Boots, but I got to I, I got to see yeah. I got to see it. Yeah, I got to see Tiki in it too. Well, <laughs> to each his own. Yeah, Tiki's going to be in Kinky Boots. All right, number five on the card. We get this guy out of Thailand, and we get the other one who's out of Japan, Inoue. Against Naoe Inoue, Naoe Inoue, right? Again, I have problems with some of the pronunciations of these boxers' names. He's my he's back, uh, in, the, back in the old days. It was just Fred, Joe, Lou, Muhammad. Well, uh, you know, he's Sonny. Japanese though. This guy. I'm That's just saying name. in general, all all the boxers. If I met a guy named Joe, or, even Roberto or... Duran was easy for Marvin Hagler. I mean. Think of all the names. Nowadays, they got all crazy names going on around. If I met a and Japanese the Russians, guy named, forget about it. If I met a Japanese guy named Joe, I'd be scared. Yeah, that, I would never. True. That would actually be weird. Uh, okay, so we have this fight that people are looking forward to. These guys are like what one fifteen, one eighteen, and did uh, the guy out of Thailand? Is he that one that boxes way out of prison? Which guy is it? Soaring uh, Vasi? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, he, no, 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 no. That's I'm not ruined wrong. Oh, okay. Uh, Sorry, Vasi. What was that? I'm not ruined wrong. That's his name or something. That's great. But uh, Sor is the guy that upset the boxing world. I love him. Me and me and Joey were at uh, MSG for a fight, and Joey was there to see his favorite fighter. You know, who's it, his favorite fighter? Uh, Roman Gonzalez. Oh yeah, El Chocolatito. That's yeah, his that's favorite exactly. fighter. And I kept saying to this obnoxious guy behind me who was just like, this is the stupidest fight. It's going to be over in one round. I said, never underestimate a Thai guy. I said, these are guys that train by punching trees, rocks. Good Lord. Like, they're, they're, they train to the, like, you know, Muay Thai is one of the most deadly sports. And these guys train differently. And as soon as the fight started, you saw Roman Gonzalez didn't understand what he had gotten himself into. It was probably supposed to be an easy fight. They picked Soren Vazi because he did move up into the rankings and he had a good record. But I think Roman Gonzalez and his people looked at that fight like, it'll look good for us because he's got a good record, but it'll be easy. And so, it wasn't easy. So he, got, I, he got knocked down for the first time and he got beat up. And then they rematched and he annihilated Roman Gonzalez in the rematch and knocked him out cold. So Roman looked like Joe on payday. <laughs> yes. That day's look on his face. That was chargebacks. That's all yeah. I got. <laughs> chargebacks. Chargebacks. All right, let's, uh, <laughs> let's do something a little bit different. We were uh, talking about this at the ear in the other day <laughs> over some drinks. And we started to go over the history of boxing. And then we came up with these really cool time travel matches, such as what if you had Mike Tyson in his prime against Muhammad Ali in his prime? Who'd win that battle? Now, the older guys remember when he was Cassius Clay, and they say that there was nothing like Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay in the, in the ring, the, the movement and the speed and all of those things. So let's take that trip with you because I think you have a very unique uh, opinion about these kind of uh, imagination uh, uh, fantasy type of matchups that are always fun to talk about. Yeah, but I, I'm not on, I'm on the page with that, and I get yelled at for it because they people, oh, but well, you didn't see Cassius Clay, and you didn't see even Ali in his prime, but everything's out there on film, and I watch boxing in my free time a lot, like, you know, watch the old fights. 
the person that gave Muhammad Ali the toughest fights of his career was Joe Frazier. Joe right. Frazier is a compact fighter. Mike Tyson is the definition of the most compact fighter. Like He used to stay so low to the ground and move his head so well, but was faster and stronger than Joe Frazier and could take a punch, couldn't be hurt. So the only way I could ever see Ali beating Mike Tyson in his prime is just trying to just pepper him with points, like point punches, just, you know, flicking jabs, and uh -huh. hopefully the refs see that. But you can't keep a prime Mike Tyson off you. He was savage. He used to, he used to corner you and come... Tyson used to come up at you. He, yeah, he'd yeah, get yeah. so low, he'd come up. I personally think in his prime, Mike Tyson doesn't... Would have been... Not even in his prime. If Mike Tyson wouldn't have lost Customato and switched over to the loser Don King, I don't think he ever would have lost a fight. I don't... I don't he... he he was perfect. He did everything. He had defense. He had speed. He had power. He had, he had smarts. And people used to make fun of Mike Tyson for not. Mike Tyson was a fan of the sport. Mike Tyson learned how to box watching Willie Pep and Rocky Marcianos and all these, you know, like all old boxing footage he could. He was a fan of the sport. My, you know, a lot of guys box just because that's how they can make their money. You know, oh look, I'm physically strong. I'm fast. I'm going to box. I'm going to make money. That was Mike Tyson's only sport he liked. I mean, Mike Tyson loves boxing. Now he's not so much in love with it anymore, but he, I don't even think it would have been close. I, I just think Don King ruined him as a fighter. I mean, that's, he was losing to guys like Danny Williams. Buster Douglas. Yeah, I mean, that fight was a setup, too. I think that was a setup. I think Don King and all the promoters wanted Buster Douglas to win that fight because so they can why make, would they Don can make King money because on the they rematch? Can make yeah. Because they can make money on a rematch and they can take all of Buster Douglas's money. Yeah. I wonder what Buster Douglas is doing now. I wonder how much money he's got in his bank account after going through all of that. No, I do. I think he's bankrupt. Probably. But yeah. like, you know, why would why would Don King, the promoter of Mike Tyson, let Mike Tyson be in his room the night before the fight with prostitutes and cocaine? Like you don't or or and smoking weed. I don't know cocaine, but smoking well you don't uh, do allegedly, that. Allegedly, it's all allegedly. Yeah, but you don't allegedly. do that. He didn't look himself. He looks slow. He could barely get himself off the ground when he got knocked down. I mean, it was, it, it, I've never seen him look like that. He started looking bad, though, up to that fight. That wasn't Don King's first fight with him. You could see the new trainers, I mean, slowly start to, tra to change Mike. Like, you know, instead of making, instead of putting all the work in, like the moving and the speed and making people miss him, I think he started believing he could just stand up and knock people out. And his style changed and he became a stand up fighter that, like when he fought Holyfield mm. went with the whole ear biting thing. Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson doesn't fight. Even like in that fight, he was already, you could see, you know, the things that, that was all changing about it. He doesn't fight like that. He doesn't stand and just let himself get hit and punch. He was, the movement was gone. Right. And, and I got to be honest with you. If some guy that looked like Don King with that hair says, I want to be a manager, ah, 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 I'd be yeah, like, no, it's... troll, get out of here. I'd pick somebody else. But yeah, you're right about one of the funniest commercials in relation to the uh, uh, fight between um, Holyfield and Tyson is when he says he's sorry and he brings his ear back. Yeah. Remember that? It's great. Um, I, I don't even think we have to talk about any other matchups. That in itself is phenomenal when you think about it, and I like your perspective about all of those different uh, issues regarding Mike Tyson. I like so, Mike Tyson. I like the journey he's been on because, I mean, the guy went bankrupt. Had he, no, lost, he lost his daughter. Yeah, he had yeah. no money. He was, you know, the mo he was destitute because, you know, he used to carry this posse of 25 people around with him that he had to pay. He had tigers and houses. Tigers. And that and that money that money just killed him. I mean, he had no money. He lost it all, and then he started doing his one man show, and mm -hmm. he and he started really doing that, getting like a more positive energy back. He's very very big fan of uh, of MMA and UFC, and you know he says things now when they interview him. Like like the other day, 
it was not the other day, but there's a video. It's just going around the internet again, but it was out for a while. Of when they asked Mike, when Floyd Mayweather came out and made a stupid comment like, oh, I'm the greatest, I'm better than Muhammad Ali was. Oh, like, I'm on. the greatest yeah. of all time. I, I saw that, actually. And they, he saw, you saw the cash in his car from the yep. Japanese fight. It yep. was a uh, yen. Oh, yep. what a jerk. So then, yeah, but Tyson had a great line back to that. Something he probably wouldn't have said 10, 20 years ago. Tyson, when they said, what do you think of, of Mayweather saying he's better than Muhammad Ali? You know, Tyson said, you know, he's like, if you're such a great man, if you're such a great man... Why can't you take your kids to ch you know to school by yourself? You know, like basically saying you always got to have posse's and entourages, and you know you got to have all this around. He's like, he said, he's like a great man doesn't you know guard themselves from the people. A great man is accepted by the people. And mm. Tyson said that, and I was like impressed that Tyson would actually come out and say well, something. Like, and then he said, Floyd is a small man. He's a pitiful small man because that's what he does. He hides behind his money. All the videos, like you see him, he has this house now. I've never seen a house like this. It looks like a resort hotel. It, it looks like it could fit 10,000 people in it. But every video he posts on Instagram, he's walking around by his gold swimming pool and by his stacks of money. And fans, if you see the comments under it, you know what they write? You look really lonely, Floyd, just walking around by yourself. Yeah. How come you ain't got no friends? Like he, he, he thinks people like look at this and start going, wow, we want to be like him. We love him. Every comment when he was walking around the swimming pool with his, his like, four million dollar fur coat on and like this they were already you look like a lonely man floyd you're gonna die alone like the fans and are that saying was, that, and that to was, him and that was pacquiao's comment yeah well <laughs> but then pacquiao intentionally after he heard this tyson um because pacquiao still wants that rematch pacquiao right after tyson made that comment about being a great man came out with a video that he released to the public of him Spending hours upon hours oh my gosh, signing or, signing autographs yeah. and taking his kids to school, taking his kids to church and school. Oh, Pac great! Add the church in there. That's even better. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. And Pacquiao, like literally, like we'll go standing out in the freezing cold. Tell his fans line up and let everyone come over, take a picture, hug him, even pray with him because he's very religious, very spiritual. Pacquiao. Oh. And like and Pacquiao, so now he's almost trying to do that to beat Floyd back because he wants that one fight. But Floyd's busy doing this nonsense, fighting a guy forty pounds lighter than him and making. Nine million dollars in two minutes, like you well, just did. The, the, the silly thing is that there's somebody that's willing to pay him that kind of money to do those things, yeah. All right, well, I think I, that was, I think no. that kid tensioned a kickboxer, he's undefeated, he's a superstar. I think his own company, Ryzen, set him up because I think everyone going into that fight thought the setup was going to be watch, watch, this kid's going to maybe beat up Floyd. Floyd doesn't know what he's doing, doesn't know what he's getting into, and then Floyd came out and said, No, it's only an exhibition. And then they they came out like days before the fight. The Japanese guys like it's not an exhibition. Exhibition in our language doesn't mean what it does to you guys. Exhibition to you guys means it's like sparring. It's not a real fight. Exhibition to them means you're putting on an event. Like here's our exhibit. So then everybody thought Floyd was going to back out, but I think it was all set up the whole time for Floyd to beat this kid to beat this kid up because all the Japanese revenue that came in was money. All these American fans saying, no, we didn't watch it. We didn't want to see Floyd fight this guy. You didn't watch it. So what? They had the whole Far East watching it. Yeah. There's a lot of other people in the world besides this country. Yeah. And, and the world needs to learn that. I, and and I, I will tell you, uh, just on our Facebook page, Loaded Gloves, there's a lot of people all over the world, like you say. Uh, a lot of people in England. We have a lot of English yeah, fans. I mean, they really are into this kind and of stuff. And we have a lot of Philippines. A lot of Filipinos love boxing. Mm. And Mexicans. A lot of Mexican fans. Uh, well, I'm looking at some of the uh, stories that we have on our um, 
Facebook page. They're thing. very passionate about yeah. certain fighters. Like, like if you, we post something about Bud Crawford, they like Bud Crawford. They like right. Manny Pacquiao. They like, they uh, like, they love to bash Floyd. They love on our page. Bashing oh well, Floyd. we we got to make sure that we put more Floyd stuff up I, there for I, them to bash. I actually like Floyd. I mean, I actually as a fighter, you can't not like him. You have to sometimes separate. I'm sh- I like I like NFL football. I'm sure if I met 99 percent of these guys in public, I'd hate them. You know, in person, what, I don't football want football players. Yeah, they're. they're uh, you know what? Uh, what happens when I meet my, many of these guys, yeah. especially the older retired ones? They swear in their mind that they played me at one point. I was just talking to Carl yeah. Banks about this yesterday. I go, why is it that everywhere he goes, you got that defensive uh, linebacker kind of look to you, I guess. You know? I just feel like they're not, a lot of them are not good people in football. Um, no. I, it, uh, more so than any other sport, at least. Um, let me see. Well, I did my, I, I, I met Mike Tyson. I had a little conversation. It was very nice. I didn't make fun of the way he speaks because I didn't want to die. Um, but you know, he, he really is, he comes across as a very nice person. So he's got, I, I would say Mike's good, a good guy. Yeah. Good energy. He is. Mike, uh, listen, the movie, the hangover saved his career. George Foreman. Yeah. That's fun. It really is. The, 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 the tattoo. That cameo, the movie, the hangover. No, he was in it. And, uh, cause they stole his tiger. Oh. When they were drunk. And, uh, that movie put him back. Like oh. where everybody was like, oh my God, that was so great seeing Mike Tyson. Yeah, it's cool And he got him all these TV interviews and then he said, you know what? I got to come back and try to make money some other way. Mm-hmm. And I give him credit for that. He's uh, still I do. very, I, he's very focused. I feel really bad what happened with his, his daughter. To, the, to oh, this day, I, it just, it's just a horrible thing. I, I, I just really hope that he's doing okay. Um, I, don't know, some, I don't know how you can. But. He just had some bad things done to him. That yeah. ex-wife, just that Robin, whatever her name oh, was. Yeah. Givens, was that her name? I think so. She just messed him up on public TV. They, 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 you set up this interview. It was like 2020 he was on or something like that. And he's sitting on a couch with his arm around her. And they ask her, how is it being married to Mike Tyson? The first words out of her mouth, I'm afraid of him. Oh, she God. had that all set up so she can start her proceedings. And, and, and take him for everything he's got. And that, from that on, man. And then right. like everybody accusing him of rape. And I'm not saying he didn't maybe rape somebody or molest somebody. But... Then it, becomes, oh, okay. but then it becomes pattern formulatic lawsuits. You know what I mean? Like, well, I was alone with him for five minutes. And there was nobody there. I'll sue him. You mm-hmm. know, it's just, and it just became, it was just bad. Well, let's, and then he became bad. Well, let's move on to George Foreman. He's another guy that I met that he thought he boxed me. I'm, I'm like, he's significantly well, he, uh, older than me. I don't know where he comes across with I, that. You want some of that grill money. That you want that grill money. The George Foreman me. grill, yeah. Except do not, on any circumstances, I have a, a witness to this, do, do not. Cook salmon on a George Foreman grill. Yeah, because Especially, it sticks to the top. Oh, it, yes. my gosh. It's you can't. It's, I've tried I, it, too. I, I almost died. Yeah. Em, Emily's here. This, She'll tell you. I almost died. just like all over the... And you got to sit and, there scrubbing. And, it's and, no good. Well, the smell. And then after I got done with that, we're like... Ugh, uh, for like a day and a half, I'm in the same kitchen. I go to clean something else. And I'm sweating a little bit, so I take the dish towel and I put it on my face, and I get the smell of the the fish from the George Foreman grill, and I get sick all over again. Yeah, I almost died twice in one, because of one incident <coughs> with salmon. To well, this day, I do not eat. Well, salmon. the whole key thing with the George Foreman grill is it takes a lot of the fat, like the juices out. You yeah. don't want anything taken out of salmon. Like if you push the lid down on the George yeah, Foreman, you're right. All that stuff coming out is the, is what makes it taste good. 
you're left well, with like a dry salmon. Uh, I guess. And the, I love salmon. The point being is don't cook salmon on a George Foreman grill. No, he I'm has a special you, a one big, now. He's got one for fish now. He has a seafood grill. Oh, he's unbelievable. He, and he's, did you he, see he, how much money he's made from this grill? Oh, I, it's better than anything he's done in the boxing ring. It, and all yeah. his kids are named George no matter what. Yeah, That's I'm, great because I'm, then you go, George, 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 George. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not. Well, I just think it's kind of funny. There's a, there's a boxer now, Gary Russell, and all of his oh, brothers are named they, Gary Russell, and they yeah. always fight on the same card. So it just makes conversations too long. Like they'll be like, "Oh, which was your fight of the night?" I'm like, "Gary Russell." They're like, "Which one?" I'm like, I "One, don't, two, I don't three, or four. All right. It's yeah. not, it's just, they, that shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, I'd rather name the... my kids after a number. Really? I would like that. That would yeah. yeah one, two, three, and four. How hard is that? Well, because then you get those numbers confused. I, I've lost count of how many nephews I have. I would make them so get a facial of tattoo of the number too, so I could remember. Oh, really? Which on one their forehead, yes, just a little number, or like on right the here. neck. Somewhere oh, yeah, that's out of great. Little toddler with There's a so many little, tatted little up. Well, well, yeah, I don't want to offend the left. So. Well, well, don't want to be tattooing no. toddlers now. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Uh, well, anyhoodle, why don't we take a bit of a break, and then when we come back. We've got a surprise guest who's going to join us on Loaded Gloves. Okay. Excellent. Loaded Gloves is sponsored in part by the Goddess Within. Go to goddesswithinspa.com or call 516-992-2503. Look good like you should with the Goddess Within. Okay. We're back. It's Loaded Gloves. Nice imitation, don't you think, uh, Tommy? Yes. And we got Donovan on the line. Who? Hey, um, Tommy. What's up, buddy? Chilling, chilling. Just, you know, working, thinking about boxing. Yeah, that's on? that's what I heard. That's uh, all you think about is boxing. What are some uh, of the th- what are, what are some of the things that you like to look on the internet? That's or, Zach, by the way. Uh, he didn't yeah. introduce himself to you. Well, that's all right. I just figured you know who I was. All, all the <laughs> boxers, they know who I am, right? I always think yeah, that, exactly. they always think that I boxed them. So, what are some of the videos that you like to watch? As you, uh, yeah. Well, Tell us. I like I like the training videos. The things I don't like, I don't like too much of the smack talk stuff like that. That thing, you know, like hearing fighters call out other fighters because, like, a lot of times they call out a fighter when they already have fights lined up. So I don't, I don't care too much for that. Um, I, I like, I like checking out the the training footage, stuff like that. He wa- he watches everything. Uh-huh. Like if boxing's the sweet science, he's the Donovan's the professor. How far? Uh, you know, I, I'm a collector of fights, so I've okay. been collecting fights. He never for misses. Good, like- he never misses a fight. He's driving with a laptop on his lap. Well, well, let me... Uh, not let, driving. Not driving. <laughs> let's, let's be safe, you know? Are, are you actually married, Donovan, or do you live by yourself in a basement? I, I am I'm not married, no. <laughs> no. Donovan travels to fights with a large crew of people. I'm talking 30 to 40 people. Really? Yeah. Uh, yes. It started to get bigger. So, like, I think we maxed out at the, at the, last, um, at the last Barclays fight. <laughs> we had 17. 17. Easily could have been over 20, give or take. He takes and up a section. It seems like more and more people. Yeah, we started taking up like pretty much a section. Huh. That's so interesting it's good times. You know, we have fun. Yeah. You know, just sit with a group, have fun. Okay, so. so so you might say that boxing is your passion. So let me ask you this question. I'll ask you the same thing that I asked Tommy before we took a break. We were uh, at at the bar the other day, and we were discussing <laughs> various matchups and mm-hmm. a bit of a time travel, if you will. And one okay. of the the one of the biggest, uh, I guess. Uh, mentions was if you took Mike Tyson in his prime and you okay. had him box Cassius Clay in his prime, who would win that fight and why? I will always go with Cassius Clay outboxing him. Now, see, now Tommy says that uh, uh, Mike Tyson that would be Cassius Clay, yes. That, that he'll catch him late? I think it's I either I said, I said the only way that Clay wins is points. He doesn't knock him out. 
No, I don't think he knocks him out either. But I just feel but, that a, I feel like a 22, 23 year old Mike Tyson when he had Custom Auto and the whole crew behind him with Rooney and Teddy Atlas, and then was just like a more ferocious Joe Frazier. See, for me, I just I feel like just seeing what an older Ali did to Foreman. Just imagine what a younger. Oh, would have done. oh, oh you know my gosh, I mean? yeah. I well, mean, George, Foreman's a stationary first, first target, of all, though. Foreman is like beating up Mount Rushmore, a big, gigantic rock. Which is <laughs> yes. Now, let me ask we're you. Talking about, we're, talking about for, we're talking about Ali coming back from the layoff and, you know, being he wasn't the same fighter coming back either. So, And then also he had the, the loss against, you know, the war against Frazier, so... So you're you know, you're, again, you're talking you're, about pre, you're talking about Cassius Clay. You're not talking about right. uh, you know you're talking about him basically when he was what 22, 23, like when he beat um Sonny like, Liston. Exactly. Okay. Like that. So th- so then just so whoever might not know, uh, at one point Cassius Clay becomes Muhammad Ali, and then he's uh, he doesn't want to participate in the draft, so he pays the penalty for that, and exactly. that kept him out of the ring. He couldn't get the license to box, and then. After a while, he was reinstated. So then he his first fight, fight after uh, he's reinstated was against was it Foreman? Really? No, 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 he fought. Um, was it the Canadian? Was it Quarry? <laughs> I think it was Quarry. Yeah. Quarry, of course. Yeah, was it Quarry? Yeah. yeah. And by the way, Quarry, I don't know if you're aware of this, was in a episode of I Dream of Genie. <laughs> did you know oh, that? Wow. Yes, he was. I did not know that. Yeah. And it was goofy then. See, and by saying that, you've yeah. just now made Donovan watch that episode of I Dream of Jesus. I'll, I'll watch that Yeah, you, you're, you're going <laughs> to have to... I track, down, I track down some fights sometimes. <laughs> ah, like, like, I track down a couple of professional fights of Tony Danza. So this, oh, you know, that's that's interesting. See, you're yeah. way out there. I hope you have a Facebook those, page. Yeah, those are his more yeah, inter- yeah. those are his more interesting nights. He watches the Tony Danza fights, the uh, the Mickey <laughs> Rourke great. fights. I, the Mickey now, I start to, now I start to, you know, like, I have... I have Close to forty thousand fights in my collection. My goodness! And, yeah. and did, so, like now, I just try to get like the most obscure fights, like uh-huh. like four round fights from like top rank from like the eighties. You know, remember the ESPN top rank cards? Yeah. So I try to like find like old fights like that. Hmm. It's got a big hard drive. Well, let me let me ask you this question: um, Do mm-hmm. you do you have any sort of YouTube channel that people can go and view your picks? Uh, no, no, no. I'm because I'm so busy, basically working and going to boxing fights. But I oh. just, I just have a passion for attending fights and watching yeah. fights. Like, um, I tried sparring a bit. I did mm-hmm. not like getting hit. <laughs> like, I just, it wasn't. I knew right away that wasn't my thing. That's me too. And and then I was just like, you know, but I enjoyed it. My father used to take me to a bunch of fights in Atlantic City, Connecticut, New York, stuff like that. So. Okay, well, what's the biggest fight that you've ever seen? Uh, well, I did go to I did go to all three Gotti Ward fights, so that was pretty big deal. Yeah, um, that definitely. I went to De La Hoya, Mayorga. That was wow. my my Vegas fight. My first fight ever was um, Lennox Lewis against wow. Phil Jackson in 1994. Yeah, those are some and, pretty um, good fights. I went to I went to Sugar Ray Leonard's last fight against um, Hector Camacho. Mm-hmm. That's so, my I point. mean, it wasn't a good fight. No, it was still. terrible. I love yeah, Camacho, but to, to, though. To be able to say that you were at a Sugar Ray Leonard fight is pretty exactly. cool. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, like, and then obviously, you know, I've been to a bunch of Kodo fights and, and stuff like that. And, and I, May, went to May, May, I went to Mayweather versus Gotti, so uh, I did see Mayweather live one yeah. time at least. I'm surprised you that never was, got that to was, see. That was a, I was there too. That was a horrible fight. I'm surprised you never yeah. got to see Mayweather Pacquiao. It seems like that was always the card. Every time uh, well, I would hear the, the turn not, on the radio, I'm not a big. I'm not a big Vegas guy. So like only recently I've gone out to the West Coast. Like I did go to Canelo versus Liam Smith. Yeah. And then I went to the two Superfly, the first two Superfly cards, which were like the good Superfly cards, yeah. not the third one. So. Are, 
So as we go throughout 2019, uh, Dr. D, uh, what would you say are your biggest uh, uh, fights on the wish list for 2019? Maybe give us five, I mean, five matches. Obviously, obviously, we have to say, you know, A.J. Wilder, but I don't see that happening this year. I said I the just, same thing. Yeah, I don't see that yeah, happening. I either. just, I don't see it. So, like, I mean, let, let's, I guess you're going to say, like, realistically, what could happen, yeah. right? So, uh-huh. um, let me think what would be. So, Loma, I, I love seeing Loma. I've seen him fight live quite a few times, so. I would love to see Loma Mikey, but I don't know what's going to be left of Mikey after Spence. That's exactly yeah, what well, I said. Yeah, you, you, so <laughs> We've was, talked about this. Yes, yes, yes we, we and Donovan talk about that. I said the same thing. I said he might be half a man after that fight. Yeah, so, well, you know, like that. Um, let me let me think. What else? Because, like, most, most of the fights that I'm intrigued by, they're not necessarily, like, the biggest names. You know what I mean? Like, like obviously, like, like Tank Davis. I like Tank. <laughs> But I just don't like the opponents that he's faced over the last year and a half or so. I thought his most impressive win was going to England and fighting uh, Liam Walsh, yes. beating him. I, I just, mean, obviously the Pedraza fight too, but still, like, like since then, I haven't been impressed by him. Like he's well, especially you know, as a person, you can't be impressed by him because he can't. Even- yeah, that that. Too. But I mean, again, he you know he's he's a young kid. He you know he's going to make his mistakes, but. You know, he talk he talks too much from he's 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 like the Twitter version of those YouTube calling out videos. Yeah. You know, like he just sits there and he's like, Oh well I would fight Farmer, I would fight Loma, I would beat them, but he doesn't fight those guys. No, he'll and never he'll never most he'll, likely won't. Yeah, so. now he's calling out he's calling out everybody, like Shakur and Devin Haney. It's 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 ridiculous. Well, and like I one fight I would really like to see is um Burchelt versus uh What's the um? What's the Puerto Rican kid? The one that fought on the um, at at Madison Square Garden. Who? Diaz? Uh, Christopher Diaz? No, Alberto. The guy that's working with I think Machado. Machado. Yeah. yeah. I would like to see something like Burchelt Machado. That yeah. would be that would be something a, like that. Like, like I said, that's the type of fight. Just you know, like I really would love to see. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I want to see a rematch. If if Estrada can get a rematch with Soren Visai, that would you know. <laughs> Well, when Donovan, like when you talk about what how they call each other out these days, and Tom talked about this earlier, how it seems that many of the big names in boxing, they don't like to uh, box one big name after another. In other words, they try to, to to get into matches that they know that they can win, so that they don't they have less. To I risk. mean, it's a I mean, it's a business, you know. Like, so I understand that. But still, I mean, you still have to put people in their seats and have people tune in. And as much, I like, I like some of the PBC cards, but some of the matchup at times, you Horrible. know, you just question it. I mean, like, look, I went to the, I went to um, the Charlo Monroe. I'm supposed to be Monroe, but just thinking about, I would have went regardless. But still, how many people would have went and enjoyed him fighting Willie Monroe? Nobody. 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 You know, nobody. And then you know because what? He, he, he you already a, know what the outcome is going to be. And then we both called that one. We both said he stepped at the world of hurt with Korbov too, and yeah. it's Korbov won. And I think he won, but and it was a, you know for me it was a difficult fight. Yeah, I I could see either one saying that they won the fight, but still for a week's notice. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and now they it seems like the Charlos can't they just moving on. Like I mean, I would like to see a rematch for there. I would Will love to see a rematch. rematch? I, would they get a? Re- I don't know. You know, I want to see my fight. Just that I want to see happen is here, just to end his career and get it over with already. Is I just want to see Spence knock out Keith. I want. I want to see Thurman go bye bye. 
Well, mm. like like Spencer said, he was like, I just feel like, you know, we'll do a fight and then he'll get injured and he'll get postponed. For yeah, that's exactly. exactly. Uh, his elbow will Another, start flaring and then up again. And then he'll go to Tibet for a year or something. Yeah. Like. And, it's a, and it's just a shame, too, because like I like Keith for, for a time being. Mm. Uh, and then just, I don't know, just... I mean, he has some impressive wins. I mean, he did beat, I thought he, you know, he beat Porter. He beat, you know, uh, Garcia. I was at those fights. Too. Yeah. And, but, uh, you know, fighting once a year. And it's the same thing with, like, the Charlo brothers. They fight once a year. And then when the matchups aren't so intriguing, I mean, how much do you care? Like, yeah. you know. That's the same thing with me and Gary Russell. I love watching Gary Russell. but Love him. Terrific fighter. But, I mean, what yeah. for Jojo Diaz, and that's it. That's it. What do you think about Alvarez and Triple G? The third fight. I mean, I would like to see it. I, I thought the second fight was better than the first fight. I just want to see a significant decision it's that like, we don't have to argue about on the internet, you know? That, well, yeah. Well, but, you know, that, that breeds, you know, like, that's boxing. That's what boxing has always been. You've always had, you know, like, I'll go to my grave. I'll say that Hagler beat Sugar Ray Leonard. I'm sorry. Just That's just the way I am. And... And there's other fights like that too, where you just, you know, that controversy, it, you know, you you get fans even from that. I, you get that argument. I I agree with you on that Sugar Ray fight. I believe Hagler won that as well. But it seemed to me like the media they had the favorite, which was Sugar Ray Leonard, and maybe it had something to do with Olympic boxing. Who knows? Yeah. I, and I I've met Sugar Ray, a very a nice guy. You know, um, what he's what I met him a couple times too. I, I think I think when you go back to that fight. A lot of people were just super fans of Sugar Ray Leonard, and they just wanted to see him win, and they knew it was probably one of his last fights, and that that whole kind of thing. And so, you know, maybe and it's funny because it wasn't even close to his last fight. Didn't he have? He had like several more afterwards. Yeah, well, you, we, we, we we kept hearing about how he had a detached retina, retina and you yeah, know all exactly. of these different things. So you never knew when his last fight was going to be. And people of the time, they really liked Sugar Ray Leonard, and anybody else that went against him was the bad guy. He, he might have been, I would say, he was a middle, middleweight, right? Yeah, that yeah. was a middleweight. So, yeah. so I, I would say that he was the, uh, as, as I guess, idolized as much so as maybe Muhammad Ali as a heavyweight. I, I mean, I agree. I mean, yeah. I, I could see, especially like, just look at his early fights. All of his early fights were televised. And, you know, like, it was a big deal. And 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 Howard Cosell was always hanging out with Sugar Sugar Ray yep. Leonard, just the way he yeah, exactly. said it. Made you like then, Sugar Ray, and then started having him do um, having him do commentary and stuff uh, like that. And we and, we won't talk about his and, commentary and, though; and, he's horrible. Oh, his com- his commentary his commentary earlier when, when he was still fighting. Yes, was good. Now yeah. he's, he needs he's horrible now. He's the worst. Exactly. Did, did, didn't he do some a little bit of Olympic uh, yes. boxing coverage yeah, it, as well? The yeah, Olympic not, coverage not was so good. terrible. Costas yeah. doesn't know boxing either. I, I, I will tell you who's really good at Olympic boxing is Bob Papa, the voice of the New York football giants. No, Papa's good. He's really good with boxing. I'm very surprised about that. What? Well, uh, he, I mean, I liked him also on ESPN on, on um, Friday Night Fights. He was who, Sugar Ray? Too. Sugar Ray? Oh, no, Bob. Oh, Papa, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Because no, Sugar Ray did Friday Night Fights for one year, and they threw him out. Yeah. I guess you just have to have that way about you. Now, uh, Donovan, when you're watching a fight, what really makes it that it for you? Because you have a passion about this stuff. So what would you? Well, how would you sell a fight to somebody that has never even seen boxing on television or in a ring uh, at Madison well, Square like, Garden? What, what, some things that turn, like, Going in, let's say if I was a casual fan, some of the things that do turn me off on the sport, you know, um, 
HBO at times did because some of their commentary mm-hmm. also relying so much on like the punch that, you know, like those, you know, they, they try to tell you like, you know, go by these numbers. But yeah. They, they try to tell you who's winning too. They try to yeah. tell you. to. Oh, pick. oh, so like more, they, more like a real time thing. They'll never, HBO sometimes will yeah. never mention when one guy's landing a punch. They only talk about the fighter that they were, that they're hyping. Well, and HBO is not doing boxing need, anymore, right? No, they don't. Yeah. But I don't need the commentary. Like, so I watch, you know, like the PBC cards too. And sometimes you know that these commentators, they're paid by PBC. So then you hear them talking about, yep. you know, in 30 seconds into the fight, this is a great fight. And it was like, the fight just started. Like, yeah. how is it a great fight? Mm. So, like, stuff like that kind of turns you off. Like, and then you don't need, you know, you, you can watch the fight with your eyes. You don't need someone telling you when every punch is landing or what they're throwing, you know? Yeah. So, well, yeah. Well, that that's a trick of being a good play-by-play guy on the television, which is completely different than being on the radio and how mm-hmm. you just choose your words. The best person, I think, that would do something like that would be Pat Summerall. He would be oh, able Pat to. Right. The best. Absolutely. But I love, I love the Showtime. Right. I love the Showtime. Love the Showtime guys. The Showtime and guys and are educated. The Showbox guys, forget it. I mean, we talked about before, Raul yep. Marquez. Like, love he's Raul. one of my favorites. Me too. Love I, lo- him. I love him. I like Moro. Moro does a great job. Ronaldo does yeah. a good job. So, uh, Al Bernstein's just a legend. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Far, far, who's like the doctor of boxing. Like those guys know their stuff. And Paulie's just mm-hmm. there for color, and he's the best color guy in boxing because he's passionate about it. There's right. a couple of other ex-fighters that are really, like Algieri, Chris Algieri is really good. I heard him on commentary a couple of times. I think on yeah, no, he did Showboat. He did show. He did um, he did the uh, Clarissa Shields fight. He I forgot. He was he was yeah on NBC or something, yes, right? yeah, yep. Or something like that. Well, I can't remember what network, but he covered the Clarissa Shields, the one where Hammer came into the ring afterwards. Yeah. Well, you mentioned what turns you off on it. What what would be a turn on to, to go to a boxing match? Someone who's listening casually that comes across loaded gloves or you have a friend that you want to bring him to the match or put it on TV. I remember as a kid, Donovan, that uh, we would sit around the television and actually watch. It was a big deal. Uh, we didn't have much entertainment, but we would mm-hmm. watch the boxing that's matches. A, you know, that's and, the thing there. The problem, like what boxing did, was you know putting all their fights, let's say, on premium channels and pay per views. It mm-hmm. made it more difficult. Yeah. But like we used to, what we used to do, we used to order the pay per view, and we would just have you know like like ten guys come out and watch the fights together. But we were all boxing fans. Now you know you do get a few people like younger kids, like their kids, whatever. We bring them to watch the fights, and they enjoyed it too. But anytime it was one of those fights, it was like you know Pacquiao versus Eric Morales. You know, mm-hmm. like it was it was fights that you knew like you had to bring a casual fan you have to bring them out to a fight that you know going in is going to be some action some yeah. drama not just you know like you said if it's going to be a charlo monroe fight unless you go there live and you're hanging out with friends you're having fun regardless you know like regardless you're gonna have like we had a blast yeah but like, there was had the, a blast. there was nothing better growing up watching boxing with your old man friday night fights or whatever it might have been and you exactly. had your pretzels and potato chips. Look at this guy here. That's the way to box. And everybody became a couch expert about boxing. I made a mistake. Yeah. I made a mistake of trying to bring a, a casual fan into boxing by showing them a Rigondeau fight. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Don't that's you? it. Oh, it's done. And, He'll never watch it again. And, and, he, got, he threw five punches in the first round. He even like the Donaire elbows, fight. Like, I mean, terrible. Early on, the Donaire fight was, was a decent fight. And then afterwards, that last, like, what was it? Like, HBO. Five, round, fight, like, I also Do you remember think, when Letterman went off on HBO and they, they had yeah. to tell him to be quiet? You should miss this. Jim Lampley 
had to tell Howard, Howard Letterman to be quiet because they asked him. He was like, this guy doesn't deserve to be on TV. He's the most Lam boring fighter I've ever seen. Lampley? Like, yeah. yeah. No, this, uh, Howard Letterman was saying that. And uh, yeah. Lampley's like, well, I don't know what's gotten into you, Harold. But he's <laughs> right. right. Because, you know, you're in the entertainment business. So you have to entertain. That's yeah. Why, like, when we talked about it, the first time I met Tommy, um, we were at the Santa Cruz Frampton yeah. card in Brooklyn. That's a great and, card. A casual would have. You could have right flipped there, a boxing like, fan that night easily. And he, like, it was unbelievable. Like, just the atmosphere, too. Yeah. Like, we're on the floor. That was great. Like, it was just it was thunderous, just the sound that the Frampton crowd was making. Yes. And it was just like you couldn't beat that. And like I said, if you bring somebody during and but you knew going in that was gonna be a good fight. Like it's, I went to I went upstate New York for Provanikov versus Matisse. We knew going in that Oh of course that's a, great a war fight. That's a great matchup. I'll tell you the Frampton you know, Santa Cruz fight, you go to that you go to a boxing match and a and the soccer fans showed up. Like it was just yeah, singing like, and raucous and Oh that's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. it was amazing. You have, it, to, you have to pick your battles of like I said, I watch everything. So even the fights that are boring you know, I watch it anyway, but you can't, it's hard to bring a, bring a new fan yeah. that hasn't watched box when it's going to be something that might be a dud. You know uh -huh. what I mean? Like, well, yeah, like, because uh, if it's their first experience, it's going to be a boring night out. They're going to go back. It, yeah. Know? It's also everybody like, remembers, everybody remembers the first girl they kissed. Everybody remembers the first fight they went to, or, yep. you know, like that's just what it is. Or, you also yeah. got, you can't bring anybody into boxing now and be, and rely on the heavyweights to bring them in. Well, back I, in the day, I, if you yes. took somebody to a heavyweight fight, that's the fight that would have swayed them into fight. You I, can go to a heavyweight fight now, and me and Don have been there, and we've watched two out of shape guys, right? Yeah. Just like, you know, like Big Baby and these guys, you know, they can't even finish four and, rounds you know, without blacking out. Like, yeah, you got against Washington. Yeah. Like a decent fight. But that Duapis, that Duapis, that that, was, that, yeah. that, especially for the American culture to yeah. have uh, identifiable. Heavyweight champions and heavyweight boxers that you can get behind and uh, like picking your favorite team that is crucial to the success of boxing, especially in the United States. Not so much through other places throughout the world, whether it's the UK or whatever, but even in the UK, I've, I've noticed stories about they're very excited <laughs> about up and comer uh, heavyweights. We, we gotta, we gotta have some, some big heavyweights. So, in your opinion, Donovan. What are some of the heavyweights that we should be looking uh, looking for? Well, I don't I don't know too many. Like I do like the guy from England. He has a good motor for a guy like him too. He's one of those fighters that, like, he's not sculpted like you know like an Adonis basically. Like so, um, it's the guy Nathan Gorman. Yeah. Technique wise, I like him a lot, and, and he's trained by Ricky Hatton. So and he's young. Like I think he's like twenty three or twenty four. So he's one of those guys. But again. You never know sometimes with those guys from England because some of them pan out and some of them fall on their face. Yeah, they win their but local I mean, titles, but then they never mm. leave their country, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. a problem. Yeah. Other, well, I, you know who's another guy? I mean, you know, now he's famous for his opponent um, walking out of the ring. But the kid that's with, I think he's with Ronnie Shields. He's like Nigerian out of Houston. Who, Dubois? No, not Dubois. No, um, um, yeah, a, a I know Jogbe? you. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. We'll see if he can pan him out, too, though. He's, him, too. He's young, too. He's like 20, 23. Well, they, they seem to be the only ones. They're like the minor league of heavyweights. See, now, we, we don't have anybody really in American that yeah. they're talking about except for, you know, I'm, I want to see Tommy Morrison's kids actually take a step up already. How about that? That's, That's very interesting. When he's been in the news, on, too. 
they were fighting on Showbox like two years yeah, ago. Yeah, Trey Lippy was on and Showbox winning, getting, knocking people out. And all you kept hearing from Bernstein and them was like, oh, this guy's going to be the next big heavyweight. Where? When? Okay. He's 32 now. So like we, it's, we identified one of the things that's lacking in the sport right now is a heavyweight to root for. And not just one. You need a good five to make it very interesting and compelling. So, so like, when I first started watching boxing, like, you know, I usually, like, it took me years. I'm talking about over 10 years. So I was watching the heavyweights, the middleweights, you know, the Roy Jones fight, stuff like that. Cruiserweights. it took me years to really start, like, digging into all the other fights, like, you know, whether it was, like, Michael Carbajal and stuff like that. Yeah, Carbajal, remember that guy. You know, like, those are the fights, like, you know, you would watch the HBO fights and... But you never appreciate the little guys. You always latched on to the, the heavyweights and the middleweights. That's right. And But, you know, if you don't have that heavyweight or you don't have a record, like I said, you love Charlo, but he doesn't fight often enough. And then the people that he does fight is less just, you know, like he called out Jacob six months ago or something. Yeah, I know. And nothing came of that. It seems like the American boxers, more than anyone else, are the ones that do this. They're the ones that create well, this bad... It, it, listen, they call every, in England, it happens, yeah. and, but they usually get in the ring. Like, yeah, they usually get in the ring. O'Hara Davis. Everybody's a, a couple people. I like, o- I like O'Hara Davis. I like it, him. It really happens in Ireland that way as well. But here, yeah. but here, these guys, they're just social media idiots. They just go on Twitter well, and, and fight. Welcome and then, to America. That's what it's about these but days. See, yeah. the, but the lower weight classes, the, the argument that I always hate when I'm trying to get somebody to watch the smaller guys is they're like, I like the heavyweights because they have knockouts. These lighter guys have more knockout oh, potential. Oh, yeah, listen, exactly. listen, listen. Some and of the lightweight ha- fights have always been the yeah. most br- brutal I've ever seen. Like Inoue is a beast. Inoue's just going to yeah. finish everybody within two rounds. That guy we were talking like, about before. Right. You know who? You know who I started liking. I just, you know, I I, I heard of them a little bit, but um, what, the two the two brothers from Australia, Maloney, I think it is. I mm. think one of them lost in the in the World Boxing Super Series, but then yeah. there's another brother as well. Like both of them, I think it's Jason and. Jason and Andrew. I get I get nervous with Australian guys until they fight over here, though. Yeah, this is true. I you know understandable. They're you know they're they're except for Costa Zoo, who I loved. I loved Costa. Someone like Catsidis, who then you know like again he was limited for what he was, but he put on some great fights. Yeah, that that they always do great fights in Australia when the fight is over a case of Foster Lager. (laughs) Costa Zoo, Costa Zoo was a great fighter, man. That's yeah, I liked him. He was. And, you know, I, I was happy he got that. That was one of those fights that, like, him against Hatton, that yeah. I picked so wrong. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think everybody did one, on that one. One. Final, oh. one final thing, Donovan, before we go, because uh, we got to wrap it up for uh, this episode. We were also talking about when people buy the pay-per-view fights, mm-hmm. that at the conclusion, especially when it's a TKO or a based on points, it's really anticlimactic. There's no real knockouts as, as much as there used to be, or mm-hmm. there might be this whole idea of who actually won the fight, and that gets us into scoring. What do you think is the major problem with scoring, and, and how can it be improved? Well, so, like, one thing that, that, um, that I hate, I hate when people talk about robbery or fights being fixed. Now, I believe a lot of judges, they're incompetent. Like, they just don't know how to score a fight and they're not accountable for their bad scores because I don't see, you know, I see all the time people go on Twitter or Facebook and, and they talk about that this fight was a robbery. It's a two points, you know, like you thought a fighter won by two points. It's not a robbery. Like, like the Tyson Fury fight. I thought Fury beat Wilder. I did. 
But was it a robbery? No, because one round difference. I mean, that one scorecard was ridiculous. Yeah, that was but ridiculous. One round difference. So, like, with the scoring wise, like I said, people have to. I don't think they know <laughs> how to score a fight. They just look at, let's say, the punch stats, but that doesn't tell the story. Also, like some some fighters, they judge by, let's say, uh, not fighters, but fans, they they judge by, oh, well, this guy has all these bruises on his face. That's why you know he lost the fight. That's not the case either. That that was the same thing with um with Triple G in the first Canelo fight. They were like, "Well, he has more marks on his face." Mm-hmm. That's that's not how you judge a judge a fight. Now, I think the fans, in particular, casual fans, they don't know that it's a point system. You know, where you have a ten point must system for each round, and I feel like that's the reason why you get more controversy, why people are going crazy. Again, you watch the Triple G versus Canelo fight. I thought Triple G won the first fight. I thought he lost the second fight, or I think I might have scored it a draw. But was it a robbery? No. Now, was Adelaide Bird's card ridiculous? That's a travesty. Yeah. She should have been banned for life for that one. And meanwhile, I keep seeing her pop up. On yeah. She did a fight the other night on a Tuesday night well, in well, Canada. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Donovan, when you watch a fight, do you actually keep score on your own? I I tend to do I do keep score like kind of just a, not not usually when I'm there live right we kind of I mean like when you're there live with like friends and stuff like you kind of like you talk to each other like oh I gave this round to this guy to, uh-huh. but it's interesting even being there live and watching fight and then seeing what your friend thinks they they thought right how this round was scored you know what I mean like it's it's close at times there's some rounds that are extremely close and you know especially in the U S we don't give even rounds. Like yeah, kind of like we pick a winner and that's it. In England, it's different. They give you know sometimes you know you you read like Carl Froch's scorecards. He gives like four even rounds, like which is almost as ridiculous. Okay, so take us through how you score a point in boxing. How are they given? Well, you know, obviously it's clean, effective punching, but then you have to judge on the aggressiveness of a fighter. But it has to be again. Um, has to be, you know, like you can't just come forward and you're winning the fight. And then even with like punches landed, it's not necessarily like the number of punches. You know, I I like the way as much as people don't like Max Kellerman all that much. I like what he talks about. Um, well, he has that saying. I'm trying to think of it. It's um, who would I rather be or something like that. Kind of like at the end of that round, who would you have rather been? Like who took less punishment? Who was who was pressing the action? But you know, effectively. So I feel like that's the kind of like the best way to score a fight. Do you get points for uh, good defensive moves? Well, again, that that that's that ring generalship. The, that's called yeah. That yeah goes, that's ring generalship. Like I said, all depends on how that because like I I can't see you getting points for just like you know because like you can just back away and pot shot a fighter. Like, yeah, you know, it's very difficult to. To win, to say, hey, this guy won the round just by moving around and not throwing any punches, because you can just sit back and just avoid punches if you wanted to. So if he's countering, like that, that's the thing where like Mayweather, a lot of people give gave him a lot of fight, but you know he was counter punching a lot of times, and he was fighting bigger guys, so you have to kind of score those rounds, like when he was fighting Canelo and stuff like that. He was he was pot shotting him, but he was you know rolling with his shoulder, you know, like he was doing a lot of things that he. He does deserve to win those rounds. That's why even in that fight, I think it was like, wasn't it a majority? It was a majority decision. I majority think, right? decision, yeah. Yeah, which again. 
All right. Well, how, then, see, then, I, then let's let's do something that's very interesting in this whole. I just want to ask him one thing. I just want to. Do you agree? I like the World Boxing Series the way they judge it because there's no draws. Like I feel like I if do, you do a tournament I, structure, I do. It never went to that though, right? Never. I don't think. It no, ever they did on that to, on the undercard that the Ukrainian kid had to go to the fourth judge, and that fourth judge has to make a decision. Mm-hmm. He, it's not it, because you when you set something up as a tournament, you can't have draws. You can't have rematches because it throws the whole tournament system. I, I don't even but remember too many draws. Also, they have also the thing where they would have to fight another round, which I don't think that. Oh. No, I don't like that, but no. I do like having that one judge. If it's a draw, go to the, this like one judge and let well, him. The other tournament, the other tournament that was interesting was the one that Holyfield was, did, where um, yeah, that they one, had the five. He went under five already. Judges. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I liked. I thought Holyfield had the right idea with the. I liked the five judges. I I actually thought Holyfield was going to be successful. I was kind of disappointed that didn't work out. I I know because I enjoyed I enjoyed some of his cards. Too. Yeah, yeah real Tope, deal boxing. Uh, Tokikon Cleary. Yeah, well, I, yeah, he was. I liked your take on 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 the judging of fights and how you score. I but would, again, you have to keep. You have to have. You have to have the judges. They have to be accountable for right. those bad. And and there's got to be consistency uh, with all of those calls now. I just, just for the sake of my curiosity, how would you score Muhammad Ali while he's there doing the rope a dope? Oh, it's that, it's that, similar to what Mayweather did, though. That's what Mayweather used to do stuff like it's, that. It's similar to, and but the thing is, even in a fight like that, it wasn't like Muhammad Ali was throwing too many punches back, especially early yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, he would just that. sit there in the corner, just, put his hands up, and tire out the other guy. Yeah, no, so it has can, to count for something. So, it has to count for something, but I mean, again, you might have gone into even rounds for something like that. Can you imagine though, just for one one minute, with these some of these corrupt judging decisions that we do get, that the fighters got paid on their outcome as instead of a purse, they'd be yeah. dead. Oh. These judges would be dead. Oh, oh yeah, you're going to tell yeah. me you're going to you're going to tell like Floyd Mayweather, oh here you're going to get fifty million if you win and one million if you lose, and some judge robs him. Oh yeah. yeah, forget about it. Thank God that's because on others, I would, I would take the judge into the ring and beat the pulp out of him right. Can in front you of exactly? It would happen. Yeah. Adelaide Bird oh, would have been dead many. Years. Adelaide Bird would have been dead years ago. <laughs> that's fantastic. Exactly. All right, well, we got to wrap it up for this episode, this edition of Loaded Gloves. Tommy, tell us how we can uh, have everybody follow us on social media. Uh, Facebook.com, the Loaded Gloves uh, at Loaded Gloves NYC on Twitter, Instagram, Loaded Gloves NYC on Instagram. Yeah, and if you have any questions or concerns or stuff you want us to talk about it, by all means, you can message us through any of those. Oh, we're also uh, on iHeartRadio now. We're on iHeart. We got we're on 56 different platforms now. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, oh plus uh, Big Fat American. Spotify. I put you every, every day at noon. It's on Big Fat American, which you can find at ZachMartinRocks.com. Z-A-C-H-Rocks.com. ZachMartinRocks.com. We're rocking priest.